This podcast is brought to you by She Society, sharing the perspectives and stories of women Australia-wide. Hello, and welcome to my second podcast, Buzzing About Books. Hi, I'm Michelle from She Society, and as promised, I'm coming to you from England this time. I've just been to London and now I'm in the historic city of Norwich which was originally the capital of England. So there are lots and lots of churches here, two cathedrals and a pub on every corner of course. So I'm really enjoying my little writing retreat here and thinking about books and writing and the artists who've paved the way here in England. Now, my mum's English, so I grew up on a diet of British authors. Enid Blyton was one of our favourites growing up and mum would always talk about authors and historical events when we were little. So I know a lot about England and the authors and history. We even went on a walking tour and most of the things the guide said, I'm like, oh, I already knew that from my mum. One thing I didn't know that he told us, he showed us the Athenaeum Club, which was where Dickens and a lot of the writers hung out. And, of course, women aren't included there, but he told some funny stories about them all the boys club that was there and they used to go there every day and and do a lot of writing um also the writing room in the british library that lots of shenanigans went on there and lots of romances that they didn't have a lot of uh room in their houses so they'd all meet in the writing room at the british library and share their work supposedly quietly but it was funny to hear the stories of uh lots of authors met there, met their brides. So that was very funny too. So I've done some walking tours, I've seen some shows, I've had lots of fun dinners and I've also um, visited the British Library which was on my bucket list to do. Now the outside of the British Library was a little bit disappointing and of course it's next to St Pancras Station which is a very, very beautiful station and hotel and very ornate. So I kind of expected the British Library to be similar, but it's a red, big red brick building from the outside. Lovely courtyard. They've made it as pretty as they can, but once you're inside, you forget all about that and you realise how beautiful it is to have wall-to-wall books around you. So we did two things while we were there, not just look at books and read. We saw an exhibition, which was The Voyages of Captain Cook, which being Aussies, we thought we probably knew everything about Captain Cook, but we didn't know about some of his voyages to Alaska and Canada and crossing into the Antarctic. So that was an interesting display. They had log books and notes and lots of observations from the people who accompanied him. Of course, there was Joseph Banks, who was the naturalist who drew all the plants and animals that they encountered. But they also had other writers and artists. And, and sometimes they'd get the natives to come along with them. And they often did their own drawings and gave their own insights into the places that they were visiting. So 
that was a very interesting display and that one's on till August the 28th in the British Library. So if you're in the UK and, and that might be your sort of thing, my husband found it really interesting too. So when I suggested the library, he sort of rolled his eyes as he does, but it was a great day out, great morning out, and you could spend hours and hours there. And a lot of friends have said that since then. They just decided they'd just pop in for a moment and eventually spent hours because the British Library has the most catalogue books in the world. So it contains the most books anywhere in the world, which is mind-blowing of itself. They also have a lot of treasures, which are ancient manuscripts and first editions or drafts from famous, famous authors, musicians and scientists. So they had things like Leonardo da Vinci's sketches and notes, uh, Mozart's music, Handel's music. And for me, the fiction writers, they brought tears to my eyes seeing their actual handwritten work. So there were people like the Bronte sisters, Jane Eyre, who's one of my absolute icons, and even people, troubled people like Sylvia Plath. So her work was quite erratic and lots of crossing out and scribbling and, and pressing very hard. So you could tell her state of mind by the way she was writing. So I'll have to make sure my drafts, so that in the future no one judges me on how I'm writing them, that I don't cross out so much. I've been crossing out a lot. I do a travel journal whenever I go somewhere and it helps me with my stories later on. But for some reason this time I'm taking so long to get to them that I'm scribbling out the dates, I'm getting my days wrong and you just sort of have to do it that very day or the next day. Otherwise things start to blur in your mind. You're travelling at such a high pace. And also, listeners, I had the pleasure, I know it's not about books, but I was invited to Paris Fashion Week. So I got to see some of the Paris Fashion Weeks on Tuesday. So I only went over for the day on the Eurostar. I could have gone to a few, but we'd already planned our time in London and the UK. And we are actually going to Paris next week. But that was a wonderful day. So I've been busy writing up my Fashion Week stories. And it helps because my own book is set in France and the south of France. So all of these experiences can only enhance my writing. So I'm very grateful. And that was a very exciting thing. And one of the shows was serendipity, which is one of my favourite words and one of my editor's favourite words. So I felt it was... um, it really showed what had happened to me, that this just came out of the blue and was very uh, a magical thing to happen. So that was the beginning of the week for me. So back to the British Library. They also have ancient, ancient Bibles, ancient works of Islam and ancient um, Buddhist scripts. So that interested me as well because I do all my yoga, I do love to read some of the meanings of the ancient scriptures. So we spent hours looking at all the treasures there and there are are letters and there are more modern things. There's um, Beatles memorabilia and that was really interesting, notes and photos and little, oh, there were the words. You won't believe it. I thought this was wonderful. I was wishing that we could take photos, but of course you can't. 
on a scribbled envelope the words to Michelle Marbell. So apparently, I can't remember, it might have been Paul, I think it was Paul, was an art student and he was trying to get that French feel. So he started scribbling Michelle and left it for a while and they brought it back when all of that seemed to be the craze at the time. So the Belle Epoque and, yes, so Michelle Mabel was in there just on an envelope. So it's amazing where you can do some writing. I know I have little scratchings everywhere. So one day they might be really important. So don't throw anything away, other writers out there. So that was our day at the British Library and my husband loved it as well, which was wonderful. You don't want to take him somewhere where he hates. So writers and artists of every kind are revered in Britain. That's the wonderful, wonderful thing. When we first did our walking tour, he showed us the Athenaeum Club where Charles Dickens and lots of other writers uh, would hang out and do their writing and drink, of course, and meet with other artists of the day. So it's a beautiful, beautiful building. And, of course, women still aren't allowed in there. They keep trying, but, no, it's a boys' club. So many of the writers used to stay there for the day. Now, also on our tour, we went to Westminster Abbey where... There's a poet's corner and writers like Chaucer can be found there. So it's not just a religious thing or the place where Kate Middleton married Prince William. There are also other writerly things inside Westminster Abbey. So take a look out for those if you go. And our guide was telling us that it took a 100 years after Shakespeare died. He's not in there, but there is a plaque to commemorate him so it's a bit of a travesty that the greatest living playwright in the world when he died he wasn't honoured straight away it took a hundred years but today you can see his work at the Globe Theatre you can tour the Globe Theatre for five quid you can go and stand up and watch one of the plays that are being put on so it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money to see some of these great works and honestly I've seen Shakespeare in every country of the world done in every possible way so if you're in London that's another one to look at for a writerly take on London is to go off to the Globe Theatre and have a look around there. Now, independent bookshops, I've been surprised to see so many. There are the big ones like Waterstones, which are on every second corner, but the independent bookshops are thriving. And even in our little street, we stayed in Archer Street in Soho, which is just behind all the theatres. And they had a vegan market on every couple of days and a little bookshop would set up. So, of course, most of the books were political, philosophical, but people just browse and have a wonderful time looking and scrounging through all the books there. So I went and did that as well. Didn't buy anything because I have enough books in my luggage, but it was wonderful to experience. Now here in Norwich for my writer's retreat, there are lots of independent bookshops too. There's a little secondhand book um, seller down the road, which is in a lovely little building 
and looks rickety just like you'd expect a little British second-hand bookstore to look and they've got a little treasures in there. So I'll poke around there a bit more tomorrow. And they also have a bookshop called The Hive Bookshop. So buzzing about books went in there and I was excited to discover that they had a few Aussie authors. They had Tim Winton's The Shepherd Hut shepherd's hut on display and they also have their own press so they've got a few signings coming up unfortunately I won't be here for them so I was quite devastated I've been to a few bookshops nearby and they're all coming up next week after I've left so that's disappointing because I do love a good book launch as my regular readers know Anyway, we'll see what happens in Paris. I might be able to find something at the Shakespeare bookstore over there. Now, as I said, books are revered and they have a lot more selection than us, especially in the biography memoir section. I think these are really popular in Britain. In the children's books, I was surprised to find that books about women were dominating the top five. So women who changed the world, women of history. So that shows the change we're seeing everywhere in the world, that people want their little girls to learn about these women. Now, I learned about a suffragette this week. I always thought they were just suffragettes, but a a suffragist, excuse me, is someone who favours non-violent protests and there was a statue in Parliament Square, very first one of a woman suffragist and she's facing towards the Parliament so she reminds them that she's always watching and that they are accountable to her. So I thought that was wonderful. Another moment to bring tears to my eyes. So, And they didn't do her as, didn't get a picture of her as a youngster or... Um, anything like that they had her as a 50 year old woman and so she looks wise and true and yeah very inspiring to the young women and it was only unveiled this year by Theresa May so thank you Theresa May for that one Oh, that was another funny story. When I was, we were talking about the Athenium Club, they also were talking about uh, the Socialist Club. So women aren't allowed, but they had to make exceptions for Margaret Thatcher when she was Prime Minister and also now to Theresa May. So some clubs do have to let women in if they are the Prime Minister or the Queen. So that's very interesting as well. Now, what books are selling well in Britain? Well, looking around, there's not that much difference to Australia. There's the Kathy Kellys that I've read, uh, Maeve Binchy, and I was really excited. I heard an older lady tell her husband that, oh, this is that book, The Dry. I just read that. It's a great book, and this is the next one in the series, so we better get that one. So that's Force of Nature. They're both books which I have really enjoyed too. Speaking of thrillers, on the way over, I read The Ruin by Dervla McTiernan, I think it was, and... Her book was so riveting that I finished it before before we landed. So I haven't done that for a very, very long time to read a book that good. 
and which had twists and turns and was really, really thrilling and kept my attention. I only watched one film, which was Lady Bird, but after that was I was mainly reading and writing. So that's another good recommendation from me is The Ruin by Dervla McTiernan. So what am I reading now? I am reading The Paris Seamstress, which was a gift from a friend for my birthday and it really suits my theme of the week with the Paris Fashion Week and everything else and it's written by another Australian female author who also wrote the best-selling A Kiss from Mr Fitzgerald. So it's Natasha Lester. Now I think Natasha Lester is a West Australian author. I'm pretty sure that she is friends with my publisher's Monique Mulligan and Karen McDermott from Serenity Press. So Natasha writes beautiful, beautiful books. And in this one, it's a sweeping tale of two women's lives, separated by a generation but forever woven together. Now I'm only up to the first part, which starts in 1940, when the Parisian seamstress, the young Estella set she works in an atelier with her mother who has been caught up in the resistance with one of her friends Uh, Estella's coming home from a club one night in a beautiful gold dress that she's designed and made from the remnants from her um, fashion house and she finds her mother's friend dead or almost close to dead and he gives her a map to take to someone So once she's done that, she, of course, has to flee the country um, as the Germans advance on Paris. So she has to leave her beloved mother behind. She finds out that her father was actually American. So that gives her um, board on the American ship. So her passage is much better than some of the refugees who were bound for America. So she's bound for Manhattan with a few francs, one suitcase, her sewing machine and a dream to have her own fashion house. So she arrives there and she starts to copy French designs for some of the fashion houses and that's what they did a lot of the time is just get someone who was very, very adept at copying and copy the designs and then make them up in a cheaper way so that every man could afford, especially in America with Paris at war, there were no fashions being shipped over so they had to make do with what they could. So that's how it starts. So um, I've just started that one recently and really loving it. I love the scenes of Paris because Paris is where I go to next and it talks about places like the Marais where I've stayed before and which I love. We'll be going there for dinner one night. So, yeah, she's painted a wonderful picture of um, Paris during the war and the, the differences to now. So that's one to look after and uh, look out for The Paris Seamstress by Natasha Lester. And that's had really good reviews from the Western Australian who says the dialogue is whip smart and the characters are charming, despicable and everything in between. Oh, I'd like that written about me. And Liz Bursky, who's another author that I really like, says stunning will have you captivated. 
which it has so far. So once I'm finished recording today, I will be back to my book. I've done a lot of writing, writing my articles on Fashion Week and I'm also writing a romance, which is funnily enough set in France. So everything seems serendipitous at the moment that it's all pulling me to Paris. So it's good. It keeps your head in the the moment and thinking about exactly where you are. Even though I'm in Norwich writing away in a beautiful, beautiful hotel room at the St Giles House, which is in the centre of Norwich. So I've got chandeliers and a, a gorgeous, gorgeous bathroom, amazing bed, fireplace. I'm very lucky to be having a writing retreat here and I can do my podcasting and reading and all the things that I like to do and tour around the city sometimes if I feel like it. So that's how I found some of the the bookshops out there. I also had dinner last night in a place called The Library, which was sensational. And it was a library until 1976 in the area. So they converted it into a beautiful bar restaurant And it's a very ornate and lovely building to visit if you're ever in Norwich. Still has, um, like the upstairs section has a lot of books. It has book wallpaper. So just the theme that suits someone like me. I've been wanting to go there ever since my last visit to Norwich when I missed out. So, yes, a lot of my touring has been about books, reading, authors and looking at British authors in particular. So I was surprised to see in the bestseller that the same as at home, that um, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine, is about number four in many of the shops that I've seen. So I'm really keen to read that one. So if any of you have read that, give me some recommendations. Tell me how you found it because I love seeing books that are bestsellers all around the world. The other thing that is quite big is a little bit of supernatural and angels as well as thrillers. Thrillers seem to be having another moment and especially series of thrillers with the same character. So I went to my friend um, Tam's launch before I left and, and that was a thriller too. So that's packed in my suitcase to read as well. So I'll give you an update once I've read that one. I'm waiting for my husband to finish it first. So I'll get onto it after I've finished the Paris seamstress. I like to kind of mix it up with my reading and sometimes romance and sometimes uh, things like Big Little Lies, contemporary, um, domestic moi and yeah, Lots of different things. I've also flipped through a lot of fashion magazines because I want to get the terminology right in my articles. So that's all from me from Norwich. My next podcast will be coming to you from the beautiful City of Lights, Paris. So buzzing about books, we'll be talking about all things Parisian, some of our favourite French authors and favourite books about Paris. I have a whole section in my library of Parisian books on either fashion or novels or history. So look forward to that one. Happy reading and stay sparkly. This is Michelle Beasley from Buzzing About Books. See you next time. This podcast is brought to you by She Society. 